Welcome to the Divine Service. I'm glad to see you here, even though the Holy Packers are playing this morning. Uh, one caveat, though, though, there will be no score updates during the service. We might during the uh, Bible class, but not during the service. In all seriousness, uh, we are praying Divine Service Setting 2 this morning. Uh, which begins on page 167. And the hymn of praise after the Kyrie calls for either the Gloria in Excelsis, which is typically what we sing, or this is the feast. And this is the feast on page 171 will be sung. Uh, we used to sing this particular setting quite often about 15 years ago and beyond that. So. We're singing it this morning, and perhaps uh, at other times during the fall, as we approach the end of the church year, the gospel for today is the marriage feast of uh, the king's son. And so we will be singing, this is the feast. Many of you know this setting. Others of you will have no trouble uh, following it. We begin with the opening hymn. <coughs>
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord is righteous in all he has done to us, for we have not obeyed his commandments. Glorify your name, O Lord, and deal with us according to your great mercy.
Jesus in all he has done to us. For we have not obeyed his commandments. Glorify your name, O Lord, and deal with us according to your great mercy. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
O Lord, grant to your faithful people pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the 20th Sunday after Trinity is recorded in the prophet Isaiah chapter 55. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you the sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel. For he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Epistle is recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 5. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. 
And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the gospel of the Lord.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ, whom he raised from the dead. Amen. There's only two rules regarding formal dinner parties. If you receive the invite, you should go. But when you go, don't show up naked. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. A wedding feast, you might say. But some people who were invited broke both rules. What happens at a marriage feast? Why does the host throw a party? And why does he send out invitations? Well, he offers a meal so that people can make melody together singing psalms and hymns with the guests. He wants to offer wine and milk to the guests, so that they'll, not so that they'll get foolishly drunk, but he wants so that these guests would be able to drink without money and without price. Why? He hopes to show love for his guests that they would incline their ears and listen and enjoy the great gifts of the host. Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance, as from the prophet Isaiah. This holy scripture is profitable for our instruction in doctrine and for our consolation of our souls. Here... Christ's parable speaks of a gamos. It's the Greek word for marriage, a gamos. It's in the sense of a, a marriage feast or a wedding banquet. And you may perceive from the Lord's analogy here that this feast is not just a simple one, but the feast to end all feasts, the grand wedding reception for the king's son. At first... Only some were invited. But later, everyone was called in. You see, the king cannot help himself. It's in his very nature to keep on inviting. The king is excited, and he has prepared this wedding feast in his son's honor. He desires to show love to his guests and share everything good with them to delight their souls and cause their souls to live. And this just isn't any party either. This is the feast of victory. The host of the supper doesn't give out trivial party favors. No. This is the wedding banquet of the Lamb and the church. It is the ultimate celebration of the life, death, and resurrection of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. Jesus Christ substitutes himself for those affected by the sinful stain of death and exchanges to us his own clean white robe of new life. This is God the Father's celebration for his son's glorious triumph to honor his, sins, his son's victory in battle over sin, death, and the devil. And... This is a very set-apart feast as well, special, you might say, with waters, wine, with milk, oxen, and fatted calf. It sounds like my kind of party. 
The wise host himself provides fancy, life-giving gifts. He gives the only clothing suitable for such an event, the wedding garment. It's the best gift you could possibly receive, a gift that, by nature of the gift, makes you worthy to attend the feast. What's more, these gift garments are white, stained with the blood of the most important favored guest himself, the Son, the crucified Lamb. The King welcomes you to this feast with the invitation of holy baptism. He delivers forgiving favor to you in holy absolution, and he keeps you well-fed in holy communion. What a wonderful feast. Well, unfortunately, some people choose to reject the invite. It's frustrating to to, uh, prepare such wonderful food, and then nobody comes. But the king, because of his loving nature, keeps on inviting. And he asks, why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for that which does not satisfy? Why do you focus on worldly melodies? But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. Despite the king's multiple calls, those who he hoped would become guests have been completely unconcerned and have neglected to pay attention to these gifts of salvation. Others only pay attention enough to seize the king's messengers, treat them spitefully, and kill them. It's no surprise that the justly enraged king would send his armies to destroy them and burn the unworthy rejecters. You see, the king judges righteously and condemns correctly those who persistently stay away from the king, keep ignoring the son, and neglect the wedding garment that he gives. See, everyone has already received the invite, but many reject it. As you heard, for many are called, but few are chosen. But the king is steadfast and gracious, and so again the invitation remains, waiting to be opened. For he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. It is finished. It seems that going to the king's joyous feast is a must. And he's giving away the invitations for free. You don't have to work for it. When the king's servant puts the host's gifts on your tongue and pours them into your mouth, don't reject the invite. Don't spit it on the ground. Don't reject his forgiveness. Repent. Hear the forgiving word of God. You depend on the blood that stains the garment that is being offered to you freely. In this parable, Jesus also warns about party crashers. When you tell the host of a party that you are inviting yourself, you are being rude. 
No one chooses whether the king is going to host a party or not, let alone decide who the host invites. It's awkward when people show up unprepared and unworthy, speechless, because they're dressed improperly. Raise your hand if you want to go to the king's feast naked. Nobody? To get in, to receive the gift of the son's garment, you won't get in if you're naked. When the king began preparing the feast back in the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve were naked and without blemish. Without sin, why would they need a wedding garment to cover up their sin? But as soon as they rejected, as soon as they sinned, they knew exactly what was wrong. They were naked. Naked in their sin. And so they hid. Hid thinking they could cover it up themselves. And yet the wise king could have done what he did in this parable, destroy and burn them. Instead, he gives them another invite, another gift. He keeps on coming. He pronounces the first promise of his coming son. He shall crush your head, and you shall crush his heel. He says it right to the devil's face. And the king gives Adam and Eve a garment to cover up with, a garment made from sacrificed animals right there in Genesis. God uses animals' blood to cover the sin of Adam and Eve. In many and various ways, God invited his people of old by the prophets using blood to cover up sin. But now in these last days, he has invited us through the blood of the Son. You see, there's only two rules. Go to the king's wedding feast and what you wear matters. It matters that you are clothed in the beautiful attire God puts on you in holy baptism. The king's son, Jesus Christ, took on your sinful nakedness. He lived in this world of sinful rejection, the same world that you live in, and he embraced the hell of outer darkness on the cross, tortured, treated spitefully, indeed murdered. And you know what? He was murdered naked. The king's son embraced that outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth so that his blood would prevent you from hell, would prevent you from the gnashing of teeth in outer darkness. His blood covers you as a white linen robe of baptism, and he gives you the very same resurrection which he himself won. He gives to you. And he appeared after his death alive again to over 500 people. Eyewitnesses abounded. He gives you the invitation, offering it to you, holy baptism, to make melody together here in this place in song and hymn, and he indeed keeps you well fed at the supper. Come to the wedding. The wedding garment is yours. And the poor people drink wine without price. Amen. We confess together our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. 
I believe in one God, the Father Almighty. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the faithful proclamation of Christ's saving name, that God's people may be strengthened in the true faith and his kingdom extended, that he would bless and preserve Jim Wallen and Jan Wallen, in their baptism, let us pray to the Lord. The Lord, have mercy. For the Holy Christian Church throughout the world, and for all who confess the name of Christ, that God would guard and defend us from the temptations of the evil one, the world and our sinful nature, let us pray to the Lord. The Lord, have mercy. For our congregation, her mission, and her people, for the ability to meet the needs that arise in these troubled times as we do the work God has called us to do, and for the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of holy matrimony, that God would preserve husbands and wives in the bonds of holy wedlock. For Dean and Christy Hertzberg, Ted and Christine Dine, Kurt and Cindy Runau celebrating wedding anniversaries. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the educational institutions of our synod, for Peace Lutheran Academy, for our preschools, our day schools and high schools, our colleges and universities, and for the seminaries, that those who teach and those who learn in them would be transformed by the wisdom of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. For those who have wandered from the faith, that the Holy Spirit would call them to repentance and bring them home to the Father, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have 
for our nation during this election season, that we may elect honorable men and women to serve in public office for the common good, for the government and all who have been set in positions of authority, that they may use the authority entrusted to them honorably and for the good of the people. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who serve in worthy occupations, professions, arts, and sciences, that God would grant them skill and integrity in the performance of their responsibilities and valued service through their vocation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who suffer from hunger, homelessness, poverty, or unemployment, that God's great mercy and love would preserve and relieve them. Let us pray to the Lord. For all the faithful, that the Holy Spirit would lead us to cheerful, generous giving for the bounty the Lord provides to us to support the church and to help those in need, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In thanksgiving to God for healing mercies granted to Barbara Weeding in remission following cancer treatment and for her continued health and well-being, let us pray to the Lord. For those who are sick, especially Luther Gutnecht recovering from a fractured hip, Paul Schmidt from a leg amputation, David Berger, Berger from a fall and undergoing further testing, newborn Isaiah Weeding recovering from open heart surgery and preparing for further surgeries, Kay Trapp undergoing breast cancer surgery this week, Kathy Miller, Dwayne Schneider, Heather Peters, and Josiah Berenger in various stages of treatment for cancer, that God would grant healing to their bodies and strength to bear their infirmities with patience and grace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, Heavenly Father, we gratefully remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation rejoicing in his victorious resurrection from the dead. We draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord who, having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive. Renew and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, to you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. 
O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
The body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you body and soul in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace.
and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you, body and soul, in the true faith, unto life everlasting. Depart in peace.
Let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.